And why do I say all this? Because I literally moved from, you know, New York, right? Investment banking, a great career trajectory. And I said, you know, I want to uh, invest and invest my career in early stage Israeli technology companies. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Leumi Tech, sponsored by Hippo Insurance, Opwest Labs, Turing, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and in media partnership with C-Tech. We are in the Viola offices in Herzliya, and I'm joined by Omri Ben David, general partner of Viola Ventures. He joined the fund in 2017, bringing with him 15 years of technology-focused experience across investment banking, startup operations, and both institutional and private venture investments. Prior to Viola, Omri was a senior vice president and Goldman Sachs in the tech, media, and telecom investment banking group. Omri's areas of investment at Viola Ventures include fintech and insurtech, as well as enterprise and SME software. Omri Ben David, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Thanks for having me. We are in the beautiful Viola offices mm-hmm. in Herzliya. Uh, we're staring at, at, a, at a beautiful landscape here in the city and, you know, walking into the offices... It feels like I'm in a huge startup that is just, you know, growing immensely. And then there's a startup vibe uh, with open spaces, with conference rooms. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't imagine this being a traditional venture capital office. And the first thing that you mentioned to me is that on this side, we have Viola FinTech. On this side, we have Viola Growth. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's an empire. Who are you? So um, the Viola Group, uh, we've been around for 21 years. Uh, we are uh, the largest tech-focused investment firm in Israel, managing more than $3 billion. $3 billion? $3 billion. And we do so across four families of funds that you mentioned some of them, right? So I'm a partner at Viola Ventures. We'll talk about that in a second. We are the early stage side of the house. Uh, we, uh, we used to be called Carmel Ventures for the audience up until three years ago. Then we rebranded to be part of the, you know, the Viola kind of consistent branding. Uh, but we do have a, a growth fund. Uh, we have um, a late-stage co-investment uh, fintech fund, and we have a credit fund. And we uh, occasionally work together uh, on the front end. But more importantly, you know, the group invested in more than 200 companies. We leverage what we call the economies of scale, you know, the platform. And that's what you've seen out here. And that's the ability to, you know, connect people and founding uh, a POC design and uh, leverage the network and position for the next round. And, uh, you know, we have shared services like uh, HR for recruiting and biz dev and uh, marketing and legal and finance, etc. And we try to bring all that to bear to help our, our founders, you know, to help our companies. We're going to dive deep into, into hopefully all that in just a second. But first, I want to dissect you a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> you didn't start your, your investment uh, experience with Viola or with Carmel. Take me back all the way to New York and a little bit. What, what, what led you to even understand that, that you want to do this, that you want to be sitting here working with over 200 companies yeah. on some of the most amazing things? Yeah, so uh, it's actually an interesting uh, story, I think. Maybe not, uh, not uh, you know, the, the usual suspect, uh, so to speak. Uh, so I've been at Viola for four years. I, uh, I lead here, just for context, mostly uh, B2B software, uh, broadly defined, and uh, fintech investments. Uh, prior to joining, I lived in New York, as you mentioned, for 10 years. I went to do my uh, MBA at Columbia Business School. And then I, I worked for a yeah, small school in New York. And then I, I worked for Goldman Sachs as a tech investment banker for nine years. 
So I was much more suited up than you see me today with a polo shirt. Um, and, uh, and there, you know, you do your classic uh, banking uh, deals. Uh, we do mergers and acquisitions. You know, my claim to fame is when we sold DirecTV to AT&T uh, for 67 billion. Wow. And uh, we took Endurance Public and we helped uh, Variant here in Israel. And uh, we bought Constant Contact and uh, sold uh, Dynatrace and CompuWare. Lots of, you know, big, interesting transactions. And you do, you take companies public, which is now the flavor de jour in Israel. So you do IPO roadshows and you write uh, S1s, etc. cetera. Uh, and of course, debt underwriting and activism rate defense, but also 10% of the job in banking at Goldman was uh, institutional investments. So we invested again in small companies like Uber and Spotify and ZocDoc and, uh, and many others, but it wasn't 100% of the, of the job, obviously. And I was also um, an angel investor at YC. And I think this transition was kind of the classical, you know, sell side to buy side. So from advisory and execution at the highest levels, really to, uh, uh, to uh, uh, startup investments, etc. And I think the other portion of it is before New York. Um, so I'm not 8200, although I was a mentor at the 8200 Accelerator. I don't know how they uh, accepted me in there. Uh, I went to Moan Meitar, you know, kind of an infantry unit that was a company commander there. Um, but I'm undergrad computer science at Tel Aviv University. And I worked in, um, in a, a young uh, startup called Django Software uh, through school and afterwards kind of leading sales marketing and biz dev. So, also kind of the operating experience of working in a startup, scaling it up, and of course, selling it successfully at the end, kind of all this came to uh, Karma to join uh, Viola four, uh, four years ago. Unbelievable. This transition from being institutional investor, Uber, th those types of companies, angel investor in, in Y Combinator, mm -hmm. two complete extremes of, of, of investment behavior, analysis, and thinking, also of acceptance of, of who you're investing in. Yeah. That, talk to me about that transition. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you what we tell also our investors, you know, RLPs in the fund. Uh, basically, uh, we are big believers in the Israeli tech ecosystem. You know, Israel used to be called a startup nation. Uh, we now call it kind of unicorn country, you know, with almost 50 unicorns. We, by the way, have seven of them, if I may do a commercial really? break, just Viola Ventures. Uh, I think it's the most, well, I know it's the most out of all the Israeli early stage uh, funds. Um, and that's part of our thesis, and we can talk about this. But we now believe that Israel is going from unicorn nation to become, uh, in, you know, the era of Decacorn. See Iron Source in our portfolio, uh, but also eToro and Wix that we talked about them earlier. Uh, and of course, Platica and uh, uh, Mobileye, which was the largest exit at 15.3. You see more and more examples of Israel uh, um, going and, and sort of developing or generating those types of success stories, what we call global category leaders. And why do I say all this? Because I literally moved from, you know, New York, right? Investment banking, a great career trajectory. And I said, you know, I want to uh, invest and invest my career in early stage Israeli technology companies. Wow. And that's a big statement. And that's what we tell our LPs. Look, Israel is the place to be right now. And you talk to me about experiences that sort of shaped my, uh, who I am. And I think the idea of moving back with children, they're all born there, you know, having a good life, comfortable life, right, in, in the U.S. Um, and kind of fulfilling the prophecy or, or basically, you know, not only selling that thesis, but also living by it, right? And I think that's, uh, um, that's a testament of the strength of this ecosystem here. So that conviction 
of what you're bringing with you. That the, it, what it sounds to me is that you know you, you chose the the unordinary path. You had an, one one specific path that you were mm -hmm. on. You took the less comfortable one, and and part of that is the conviction that you bring with you to Viola. Now, when you meet with with companies like yep. the seven that you're that are already unicorns, and then mm -hmm. you're meeting new companies on right. a daily basis, how does that conviction play into your own thesis of of who do you want to work with and, and what types of companies you want to invest in? Yeah, so first, you know, the earlier you go and invest in companies, and you know this, it's more about the team. It's not a cliche. It really is. I mean, you want to uh, you wanna, uh, find a team and you want that team to find you to be somebody they want to work with, right? It's, uh, it's literally, you know, I've been married for many years, but it's literally like a, a wedding, right? It's uh, your partner. Uh, and by the way, it's your partner in the ups, but also in the downs. And you want to be somebody you know, in your corner, just to use this uh, uh, boxing analogy uh, that, you know, they say everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. But also when you get punched in the face, you want to look at, back and say, oh, this is the guy or girl, of course, that I want to be in my, in my corner and in my side. Uh, so I think the first element is, of course, the team. Then you look at other things, you know, seed, you look at team and you look at sort of, is the market interesting enough? Is this a category that matters, right? Is this uh, is this a category that can get uh, disrupted? You know, vector-wise, you know, the earlier you go, you don't really have that uh, product market fit yet. And of course, then you go into how you, you know, what are your modes in terms of technology and product, et cetera. And then there are other things you look at. But I think important for us, and again, we, we invest in each fund, you know, 20 to 25 investments, right? Early stage investments. Um, you quickly realize that the VC model works if you manage to generate those outliers. So we don't live by a hit ratio strategy. We live by an outlier strategy. And that means it's not always successful. Actually, most of the time it's not successful, but we want to be uh, in a room working with a team that we believe and they believe, and they have the conviction that they can lead an interesting category. And if that happens, everybody's happy. And look at the type of uh, successes we had, and frankly, other funds in Israel had, and entrepreneurs, and that success uh, leads to more and more success. It's this right. vicious cycle. You know, the uh, entrepreneurs are the rock stars yeah. of this uh, of this uh, century or this decade. And, you know, the younger people, they want to be like them and they do a first exit and a second and a third. And it's uh, it's an amazing ecosystem of innovation that Israel is just blessed with. So you're talking about this guy or girl that when you get punched in the face, you want to look back and be able to fall back on because they'll push you up. Now at Viola, one of the things that we started talking about right before mm -hmm. we started recording is this whole ecosystem that you're building, yep. economies of scale, but also you know the, the actual tangible ways in which you're supporting the portfolio companies mm -hmm. well beyond just the the bank transfer that help, yeah. happens on signing the check. So how how does how do you actually work with startups on a day to day basis? How does a startup working with Viola experience Viola mm -hmm. across their lifetime? So I'll tell you what uh, what is um, what we try to be our KPI. Okay. I want to, um, you know, for you, for example, or the entrepreneurs out there to go out and ask, you know, entrepreneurs we work with, uh, who is your uh, most uh, impactful board members or who is your partner in this journey uh, that you would uh, uh, go and, you know, be your soundboard or get good advice or a good introduction uh, or whatever that is you need, right? I, you know, with entrepreneurs, it's their company. It's very important to uh, understand that. We're not there to interfere, but we are there to be helpful where they come into a place where they say, hey, look, I have, I have these two alternatives. I would like to hear your two cents. And our KPI is if you go to our entrepreneurs and they tell you, look, uh, Viola, around my table, you know, around my, my boxing match, just to use the same analogy for this discussion, Viola um, and the partner at Viola Ventures 
is the per is my go-to guy. Uh, and if we did this, then we've done something right. Right. And I think you know the way you work with them, it's not as structured as people uh, tend to think. I mean, it's like mentorship, right? It's not there is the the structured and the unstructured. There is no point telling somebody, "Hey, I'm going to meet you on a weekly basis." The unstructured is what makes it successful. And the communication could be uh, uh, in-person meetings and Zoom and WhatsApp and whatever that may be. But if you instill in them the fact that anything you need from hiring uh, an exec to uh, let's talk about the positioning for the next round. Let's talk about our pricing, our go-to-market strategy. Let's talk about the business model. Let's talk about uh, you know, who should we reach out to for our next fundraise and we would like to get this warm intro from you guys um, to, you know, personal things that happen because you know, ultimately if they come to me or to us then that's a success and i think you know and people people say this but i think it's true for the ceos out there it's a pretty lonely job yeah you know they are they're he or she are sitting in their offices they make a thousand decisions a day um everybody makes mistakes they want to minimize them but you want to be that person that they can reach out to interact with listen to and be that uh, um, that you know helpful person for them. So as you're sitting personally on boards of some of the most amazing companies and mm -hmm. amazing startups here in the ecosystem, what, where does it meet you personally? Like what part what part of Omri does it meet yeah. when you're working with different CEOs? So so look, my background in banking, as as we mentioned, you know, your typical trajectory would probably be, you know, go and do private equity. Yeah. Right? Go and do uh, something that is much more uh, growth stage. Uh, than early stage. I think my mission or what uh, what gives me energy and wants me to wake up every morning is the early stage side of things. And why is that? Because I think ultimately, we talked about this earlier, but when you have a team and a market you want to go after, I believe the earlier you go, the five to 10 decisions you get right at the beginning of your journey are going to pretty much not dictate, but are going to help project your trajectory, whether it's going to be hockey stick or whether it's going to be more linear or God forbid, it's going to be more lumpy than, than linear, you know, up and to the right. And my passion is to be with entrepreneurs when they make those five to 10 decisions. And I think that's what, you know, both from working at startups and, you know, being a computer science undergrad and uh, working with entrepreneurs, if they allow me to work with them on those five to 10 decisions, some of them we mentioned earlier, but they have to do again with hiring and design and finding the right design partners and you know, the product market fit. And what is the business model? You know, it used to be license maintenance and everybody was, you know, let's do SaaS. Now maybe it's uh, value-based pricing, right? right? And you gotta be, you gotta be with them at all these, you know, junctions. And there, there aren't 50 of them. There are five to 10 of them. And that's my passion to work with them to make sure that the trajectory is, you know, a J curve as much as possible. I love that analogy that as you're building the foundation, you know, you, they're going to be making the same number of decisions across yep. the lifetime of the company from inception to IPO. Mm -hmm. But the five ten decision on day one are exponentially yeah. more critical than the five to ten decisions at the end because they simply impact the way dozens of people are later going to enact on those decisions, right? Yeah. No, it's and right. Infrastructure is the right way to look at it. It's like the Maslow thing. Get the yes. basics and then you go up uh, on those ladders uh, based on your own progress, right? right? And in your own, I mean, companies always have different issues when they're different stages, obviously. Right. But again, to my, um, 
my passion, and that's why I wanted to do early stage, is to get at the uh, ground level and help you know kind of the companies go all the way all the way up. What what are you experiencing that is something that perhaps is non-trivial? That if you look back at Omri that that's finishing his time in New York mm-hmm. before even joining it as an angel to YC. <laughs> What is something that you're learning about the, the early stage ecosystem, whether it's in Israel or the world, they're saying, wow, this, I did not think this is how things are working. You know, that's why I use the, uh, the team. Everybody says team is important. Yeah. I'm telling you, one of my lessons learned is if you don't keep the bar as high as possible in terms of your hiring, you're not going to be successful. You need to have around the table A plus people, talents in every single function in your organization because what happens, and I've seen it again and again, and I didn't emphasize it enough, so for the entrepreneurs out there, don't ever compromise on hiring, because what happens is it could be a slippery slope. You're an entrepreneur and you're hiring a B player, that B player may hire a C player, and it will go down and down that, uh, uh, that funnel. And especially now, I know it's difficult, the market is, is very competitive right now, like super competitive, but the, the one lesson learned is, um, again, do not compromise and make sure that you hire the best team that you can uh, around. Now, it sounds trivial, but people, because they get pressure from their board or from their leadership team, yeah. uh, they say, you know, we have to hire now and they, they cut corners and that, that it just doesn't, uh, it just doesn't work. So that brings me to accountability. Because A I beautiful word, by the way, it doesn't exist in Hebrew. Really? Think about it. What's the word for accountability in Hebrew? But it's a beautiful world. Think about it later. I, I, love, I love this word, by the way. And it's a thing that I, I'm stumped by this idea. How does one keep themselves accountable? Because it's, it seems like every, every function in the company, including the investors, they need to be held accountable by, mm-hmm. by some other function. And so how do you experience accountability, whether it's from VC to, to CEO perspective or CEO to himself or VC to yourself? How, how does accountability actually work properly when it does? Yeah, so first of all, in my view, accountability is an inherent uh, proposition. Okay. So I want to be accountable in my own sort of uh, little world, and I expect the entrepreneurs to be accountable in their own little world. And it's, it's of course, there is this uh, uh, relationship, you know, this two-way street between us, but I don't think a person can make another person accountable if that specific individual does not feel accountability or ownership. I just think it's something that is is a super um, um, important trait for a successful entrepreneur. Um, And again, I'm still shocked that there is no word for this in Hebrew, but it's something that needs to come uh, a little bit from the inside. And then I'm happy to be accountable for you, and you're probably happy to be accountable for me because that's what partnership is all about. And our, our slogan, so to speak, is to be you know, impactful partners. And the word partner is, is there on purpose to exceptional entrepreneurs. And part of being that exception is owning you know, your successes, your mistakes. Uh, but um, you know, this is a grown up games, right? I mean, this is not, uh, we are in a, in a serious world. We are, we are trying to change the world with technology and innovation. Yeah. And we all need to be um, you know, accountable again for our, our actions, for our, our good, our bad. And we are, by the way, happy to be there in that journey again for better or worse till as i say till death or exit do us part (laughs) 
Hello, Omri. This is amazing. And, you know, I'm, I'm so sad that you can't see behind, behind these walls because the, what, what's happening here is just, uh, is just Appreciate fascinating. It. And, Appreciate um, it. You know, Viola comes up on, on a daily basis here in the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. The amazing things that you do and the amazing entrepreneurs that you support. And a lot of them are, are good friends of mine. And I keep hearing how, how amazing it is. So, so thank you for this, for this time and this inspiration. Mm -hmm. yeah, I have a few questions, not about your, your journey, not about Viola, but, but about your personality a little. Sure. Take me back to middle school or high school. You're sitting in the class. What, what, what fascinates you as a kid? Yeah. You know, so an anecdote. Yesterday was my 25th reunion, uh, high school reunion. Okay. I'm, I'm 42. I'm a class of uh, 1996, wow. but it gets better. I'm, uh, born. I'm a kid of... Uh, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, wow. Good. I'm a, I'm a kid of international upbringing. By yeah. the way, that's another thing that shaped me a lot. I, I, I think Israel is, is, a, is a great country, you know, 9 million people, uh, plenty of innovation, but you have to have, you know, your lenses way more open. And you know that because you lived abroad uh, as well, obviously. So that's another experience. But anyway, that was my, my 25th um, uh, reunion. It was uh, in Zoom, COVID. I don't know if you watched this in five years. Go Google what COVID yeah. was. But uh, I, I, so, but, and I graduated in Frankfurt. I went to the Frankfurt International High School. I think I played against you in tennis many, many really? years later in the ISST. ISST, of course. I, I went to Frankfurt to play tennis and volleyball. No way. And we were rival, we we're still rival schools. Amazing. So uh, the, the guy, the, the, the big coach of all the sports program was in this reunion as well. Uh, but my math teacher was there as well, Mrs. Wow. Uh, Shoebottom. <laughs> who I have to, uh, I have to get in touch with her. I also told her that uh, over there, uh, she uh, she had this amazing video, kind of uh, wishing us all success, and that uh, we continue to be uh, ambitious. And uh, you know the ISST, so you know I did the international baccalaureate and I did math high, of yeah. course. Uh, but I know it sounds geeky, but I I loved I loved math back then, wow. and I'm still a person of uh, of numbers. Look, I was a banker too, right? Yeah. So. Uh, I, um, numbers are not, I'm not strange to, uh, um, uh, a stranger to numbers. If you look across your journey, some, some figure, uh, metaphorical or real, that, that inspires you, either personally, professionally. Yeah, look, I, um, I, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go big on, um, uh, on, you know, kind of uh, famous uh, tech uh, people and so on. I think something that is much more personal. And again, it comes back to Israel. Look, Israel is what, 72 years old, give or take. Yeah. Um, I am, um, I'm a first generation that was born in Israel, despite, you know, half my life living abroad. Um, I am, I'm going to give this to, uh, my grandparents from both uh, sides of, uh, of my parents for them to leave everything behind. And it doesn't matter really if it was one side, uh, from Europe, uh, and the other side, uh, uh, from, um, uh, you know, North Africa, for example, I think all of us in Israel, uh, part of our DNA, our innovation, the fact that they, le they left everything to come here and create this amazing country uh, and not only survive, but thrive. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm going to give them this, they're, 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 they're gone, right? They, they're past, all four of them, but I give it to my, uh, my grandparents. Beautiful. And if I were to ask anybody in this office, or if I were to ask you, how, how would you describe yourself in, in three words? Look, I think again to the entrepreneurs. So um, I'm always on. Always on. Always on. Um, I'm, you know, accessible, reachable. Uh, try to do whatever I can to uh, uh, help. Um, second, I'm a big believer in integrity. 
I think it goes both professional integrity, but also personal integrity. Uh, and uh, I'm committed. I'll be committed to the success. I'll do whatever I can uh, to, um, uh, to help entrepreneurs and really work with them uh, to make it happen. And it sounds like also committed to the failure and always there to put we, it back up. We will be there again for um, better or worse till death or exit do us part. That's important. Thank you very much. It was great. Thank you. Thank you.